For there is no greater glory than to be raised upon the shoulders of man, not only by his fellow countrymen, but by his own kin, his own blood. That is the story of Diagoras of Rhodes, the great boxer in Olympia. As he sat upon the shoulders of his sons, both champions in their own right, he hears from the crowd, Die, Diagoras, for you will not ascend to Mount Olympias besides. In a certain way, when heard in that manner, you would think he has been cursed, but that is not the matter. In fact, he is actually being blessed. He is being told that he does not need to become any more of a legend, nay, a god to be recognized of where he currently is now, at the Pantheon of Celebration, at the pedestal of glory, at the apex of success, him as a champion. Him who has paid the price. The price of glory. So a lot of things I still have a little bit difficulty understanding when when people still talk about the immigration process, especially with, with the current situation, is people tend to forget that anybody who crosses over here, anybody who comes to this country, is giving up a lot. And if that's not a lot, everything they have. Now, not so much an example for myself, but for the most recent years with the whole caravans of people coming in from South America, Central America, every single person that's coming to here in one of those caravans has literally given up everything. They are sacrificing whatever livelihood, whatever semblance of life that they had left wherever they were living at previously. And... Anybody who truly understands giving up something to be able to make it here in what's promised as the land of milk and honey, the last place to to be able to make it the only place, the end-all, be-all location to be able to be successful, knows what I'm talking about with this. But people fail to understand it when it comes to being on this side when you're born in the United States they said this is a personal thought when I think you're born in the United States is you feel and you are a little bit sheltered especially depending on what region you actually grow up in depending on how much you're exposed to the general public to outside cultures and to outside entities is going to shape a lot of what you feel a lot of how you think, a lot of how you react, and a lot of way that you interact with everybody else outside of your culture. Like I mentioned in episode one, it doesn't matter where you go in this country. You can go down south, east, west, north, and there's going to be small, small pods of communities, but you're still going to be exposed to community. Maybe not so as much as would be ideal to have an understanding, but... At least you're still exposed in a certain way. But even though they're exposed, even though you're exposed, people still choose to be ignorant. People still choose to to kind of ignore the fact. Because I still think that a, because it doesn't involve them, it's a little bit easier to kind of dismiss it. Kind of shrug it aside and 
and think of it as that is not my problem. That's not something I have to deal with. Why, why should I care? And I say this on the factor of why you should care. I think why anybody should care about the immigration process in the United States is think back to the early 1900s. We'll say the late 1800s, the early 1900s. The initial waves of people coming from Europe to the United States through Ellis Island looking for the the future, looking for that bright future, the American dream. How much did they, they how much did they sacrifice? What did they give up to be able to come to this country? Because I know a lot of people with foreign last names that are 100% considered American, as the word is said, as American. And yet when it comes to to trying to understand that they are the product, the second generation product of far removed generations of immigrants, it becomes a bit of a duality. It becomes a bit of a, a internal struggle on whether why you should care and if you do care. Why? Because it doesn't affect them anymore than it did the previous generation. Every single generation we slowly start to become more separated from the initial roots. And this is a true fact. Because you will always look back, three, four generations back, that Italian-Americans, French-Americans, Irish-Americans, English-Americans, whatever it is, people of descent from the original European migrations. They're far removed but they really truly don't care. But they don't understand that. They don't care to understand. It's easy to bring up the fact that, and I'm quoting it like this I'm proud to be of Italian descent. I'm proud to be of European descent, to be of Irish descent, to be of German descent. Just like my ancestors, because my ancestors came here through Ellis Island. They came here looking for a new dream. They came here looking for a place to be able to to feel accepted and to be welcomed with open arms, to be able to have what they didn't have in the old country. Unquote. But if you ask them to look at it in the same window with everybody that is currently coming to the country right now, it's a little bit more deaf. It's a little bit more of a gray like, well, why should I care? I'm an American. Why should I care? I'm already here. That pride goes out the window. That whole acceptance of my family were immigrants sometimes goes out the window. And I'm not trying to put anybody here on blast. I'm not trying to call out anybody. But it's a very convenient factor. It's a very convenient thing. When it comes to to the comparison of how immigration is an issue when it affects you directly. But it's a nuisance and a problem when it doesn't involve you. Even here, even the people that have crossed illegally, that are still living here illegally, whether it have been within the last five to ten years or as far back as when I crossed in 1999, people are still sacrificing. People are still putting out 
as much as they can. And they will never receive any of that payback for what they've invested in this country, for the American dream, for the realization of glory. And I say that because I still remember to this day, and I'm quite 100% sure to this day, my father, my dad has paid his taxes to the United States up until this day. And it's funny because it's about the whole retirement factor, how he will never be able to be able to claim that retirement fund unless he becomes legal. And it's a difficult process. It's a difficult thing to to think of. And I know a lot of people that are still in that same boat, that are still in that same situation where Due to circumstances, due to changing legislation, due to the lack of actual support for for the current people that have been here without fault. I'll clarify that. Not necessarily without fault. Obviously, when a person crosses the United States illegally, they're breaking a law. And what I mean without fault, without causing any problems, without bringing any negative attention, without their intent of malice, without an intent of doing a gracious acts towards anybody without ill intent. That's what I mean, without fault. These people without fault are are still not able to, to be able to reap any of the reward of what they've been able to put into their time here in the United States. And yet some people will say, well, They've sent money back to your country. They've sent back money back to their country. And this this money that they sent back is is funding their country, is funding every single thing over there. But that's not always the case. I still to this day, as a grown adult, still help out my family in Mexico. I get some of the reward of what I'm putting into this country. Even after the time that I put in as an illegal alien, as a legal in this country. But a lot of that money still that I've put in, that I've sent back to Mexico, to my family, to to relatives, to help out, I'm never going to see that back. And that's not an even a, an actual thing of investment. That's that's giving out of my own will. Just like my mother does. Just like my uncle does. just Just like I'm pretty sure a lot of families do. And it's difficult to understand that it's difficult to kind of come into grasp that that's a part of the sacrifice that people will never get back. People come to this country to work. People come to this country to to be able to succeed in one way or another because there is nothing left back there. Everything that they left is gone. And when I do mean gone, it is gone. It has either been seized by whatever entity now takes control whatever organization, whatever group is there. And they will never receive it back. Whatever remaining family is there, their situation isn't any better than the one here. Because 90% of the time that a lot of people do spend here, they spend it working. They spend it working to be able to, to continue feeding and helping out their families back in their countries, back in these locations. Now hearing that and listening to all that, you kind of you kind of able to have a little bit more of an idea of what it means to sacrifice, right? 
how it is that you're still paying a price and you're still trying to get there without any true understanding of whether you'll be able to succeed. But you're still here. You're still making it succeed. Now, let's move it a little bit laterally. We're talking about the immigration process. The people that are here legally, and I will speak for myself. At this point, not only are you representing yourself now, you're representing two different cultures, two different backgrounds, and sometimes you're forced to choose. This is a a bit of a duality between nationalism and patriot, nationally recognizing yourself as a citizen of the United States of America, as an American, versus identifying as a Mexican, as Mexicano. The day-to-day sacrifice with that is very difficult because, as I've mentioned before, even though I am a U.S. citizen, I am a national of the United States, I still consider myself illegal due to many factors, due to many factors. But because I still don't, I still feel like I don't belong in this country. And I don't think I ever will because I'm still always having to be able to make that decision about sacrificing whether giving up my nationality as a Mexican to be able to attain my nationality as an American citizen deprived me of a patriotism to be able to be Mexican. Because sometimes people in the same situation as me are looked at as traitors towards their country, towards their patriotism because they chose the nationality of the United States. And when I mean nationality is that you have to be able, you can be a dual citizen, but choosing to be a citizen of the United States gives you a bad rep in certain circles with certain people in certain cultures. In my culture in particular, as a Hispanic, I have had to deal with that. Sometimes with my own personal family as jokes, but even with with other individuals who who are of my same culture. And it's a difficult conversation to kind of keep having with them because you'll always have to kind of be proving yourself to them. Be proving yourself that you are Mexican enough, that you are ethnic enough. I'll just say it like that because it's going to cover it all. But that you are ethnic enough to your culture to be able to be considered a fledgling of the Mexican culture of sorts. And then at the same time, you're still being asked by the nation as a citizen to prove yourself and your worth as a loyal citizen, as a national to the country that you are currently a citizen of. And it's difficult. Some people choose to go in head first and then jump back out for air to be able to prove that they are nationalist. People will dive in head first to be able to prove this, that they are worthy of being citizens, giving up culture, giving up aspects, giving up a lot of things to be able to be considered within that circle a person of nationality, a citizen of the country. And after doing all that, they'll hit bottom. And I'm using this analogy because at a certain point, once you hit bottom, in any body of water, and this is speaking on this body of water being the nationalist, being a national, once you hit this body of water, you have to jump back for air. And when you submerge yourself to that deep end and you have to shoot yourself back out to be able to grasp air, to kind of look back at everything at that required necessity to proven of what it is to be a national, you tend to realize, wow, I sunk myself that deep to be able to prove that I am. And I have to consistently 
keep going back down there and jumping back up for air to be able to continuously keep proving that I am a national, that I am worthy to be a citizen. And in the same way, having to jump back up for air, you look at that whole factor of your patriotism, a certain loyalty to your culture, a certain loyalty to the background that you became or that you gave up. Now, the other people in this situation is the ones that dive in feet first because they're able to make that decision a little bit quicker. And when I mean quicker, the realization that sometimes this route down in this body of water sinking at a certain point, they're going to run out of air and they're able to just shoot back up to be able to maintain yourself, maintain themselves in that patriotic factor is an early realization that the people that dive in head first realize a little too late. So with the final situation with this, how all of this comes together is the sacrifice of what you're willing to give up to be able to consider a national, a citizen, a person in the United States, a true American versus what you are willing to recover, to be able to receive out of sacrificing what is your culture, what is your background, what is your own set of beliefs to be able to be considered a national, an American, a citizen of these United States. For me, it's always been a hard line to straddle. It's always been a very difficult plunge back into the deep end, head first sometimes, and then having to jump back out and gasp for air. At other times, it's a slow descent, realizing that that little air that I'm giving up to be able to fit in is only worth so much. And it's only going to get me so far before I realize that I still have to come back for air once again. Now, using this whole analogy about diving into the body of water and bringing up air is at a certain point, people really don't come up. People really don't come up from this, from this body of water where I have seen my own people turn on what it means to have been a person of your nationality, your own nationality. Be patriotic to towards your background and your culture. They've given it up and they never they never reemerged. And it's a difficult thing to see because they've given up everything. And I do mean everything to be able to be belonging in this place, in this location, that in all true and honesty, as as the years have gone by, I've come to realize will never be accepted. Because that sacrifice, that sacrifice of giving up what is their culture, what is their people, what is what is any support is is not gonna pay off. But to them it will, supposedly. But in true reality, it will never pay off because at a certain point in any single situation, they will always be judged. They will always be taken for what they are looked as, not who they are or who they believe they are to any other person. It's difficult to see it as both a person of nationality 
and a person of patriotism. Now, understanding the fact that when I mean nationality as a national, I mean as a citizen, and patriotism as patriotic as that is some loyalty to your country of descent. Now, let's talk a little bit about that too when it comes to a certain abandonment where it's felt a lot. It's felt a lot, especially when it comes to to sports, to politics, and even public service in whatever way. In sports, people will do whatever it is to be able to win. As early as when you enter a team, you are being conditioned that you have to win. You have to be the winner at all costs, at every single sacrifice, at every single turn of the road. And it breeds a really difficult mentality to break out of because not only are you in a developmental stage, you're also being driven by your background as wherever you come from. And I say this from my own experience because people will take so much out of something so little and expand it to something so great for no reason. A lot of the time that I actually spent playing in the soccer league in Reno, I saw this a lot. And and this league was actually filled with a lot of people that I knew that I grew up with from my local community, from, from families that, that we were all intertwined with, that we all interacted with, que convivíamos. And as well as other families in the same community, the Hispanic community, that I didn't know. But I got my own ideas out of because... Let's be honest, we all make our own assumptions of of the people that we interact with. But I still remember distinctly a lot of the sca- a lot of the games that I used to play in the soccer league, people would take them so seriously. People would pay into these leagues, myself as well, to be able to play for one Sunday out of every single week to be able to feel good. To be able to feel like you were part of something, to be able to feel like you were contributing to to a personal effect. But some people would would pay into these leagues to play and to cause harm, to pay and to feel like they were superior. And the one thing that I hated it about this is that people would always take this so seriously. They would be willing to 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 make somebody suffer inflict pain on somebody just to be able to feel good that they were that they felt superior and i'm pretty sure this can go anywhere and everywhere when it comes to sports and i've seen it both in professional sports and amateur sports in local town city leagues like i said from personal experience even while playing in high school i saw this and i never understood it until the more I grew up, the more I began to to see it in myself a little bit. And I had to stop myself. I had to stop myself because it meant a lot between sacrificing the character of the person that I was to be able to, to experience a bit of glory for the next 15 to 20 minutes versus sacrificing and letting go of an event to be able to keep the last bit of honor that I had for that moment. Sports bring out the worst in people. 100%. 110%. Because I've been there. I know that. The Russian scandal is another good example. The Olympic Russian scandal for the entire Russian national team being barred 
for using enhancement drugs. Do whatever it takes to win, right? National pride, right? Patriotism, right? Whatever it is. That's the sacrifice people were willing to take. And ultimately, the sacrifice did not pay off. But I guess it did pay off because they're still able to pay. They're still able to get money. But it didn't pay off because now for this next Olympic Games, they're not able to participate under the Russian flag. So there goes part of the nationalism. So was the sacrifice worth the patriotism? I mean, ultimately, they're still getting paid. So, yeah, what's a little bit of a sacrifice for enhanced drugs and lose a little bit of national pride to be able to keep continuously getting paid? Lance Armstrong. The price of glory with him was literally his entire titles. Him openly admitting to it and feeling regret after the fact, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But to me, it does. Because at that point, he had reaped all of the entire reward of what it was to be an athlete at a high peak and competitive level. And he literally sacrificed everything to be able to feel his humanity back, I suppose. Only he will truly know and understand how he felt during that whole situation. And not to lessen him more, not to lessen him as an athlete. In fact, he's, he is definitely an incredible athlete to be able to continuously keep doing what he was doing. To be able to take that continuous strain of, of just battering and bruising and, and, and physical abuse to be able to continue to compete. That takes will and, and power and success will and power to be able to be that success but his sacrifice of a personal morals to be able to be glorious shows you how much people will actually take what people will actually do and take to be able to to get to that pinnacle of success what is considered success does he regret it yeah he regrets it but even after losing all his titles and everything, he still made a lot of money out of it. So I guess his his entire sacrifice and his his ultimate apology wasn't exactly in vain, but it was more to kind of relieve himself as a person of moral fiber, if we can say that. Another sport I've always seen that has happened is in boxing. Boxing is a difficult sport to watch because just like cycling, you're you're fighting for yourself. I don't have an extensive background in boxing. I have some training skills. I do have some partial experience with sparring and, and a lot of training and development, but I've never fought amateur or anything. But I can definitely tell you that when it comes to being one-on-one with an individual in that ring, there is nobody else but you and that individual. And you have to give it all. You have to put in a lot into it. And when you're sitting there taking punches and getting your ass handed to you or or just a give and take of, of a fury of blows, people will do whatever it takes to win out of personal initiative, out of, out of whatever necessity to be able to feel magnanimous. It's a difficult sport to watch because you can, you can always make the assumption, but you will never truly know how many people have taken... Enhancement drugs like they've accused Canelo of fixing fights like they have for Floyd Mayweather, putting plaster in their gloves like Antonio Margarito and Billy Collins. Billy 
So it goes to show that in this situation, a lot of people will do whatever it takes to be able to be successful when it comes to money and power. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that remorse, that that regret, at least in the sports lights, comes after the fact that the person has already banked on and cashed in every single check that they've actually been able to receive at the cost of titles and possibly their reputation. But to them, it was worth it, I can assume. With the shift of power, too, is as a lot of the other people that are that have underhanded tactics involved in the sports arena, I suppose. And this comes to to the shifting of powers and local governments and politics. Now, I'm not going to go into many details just because politics is always a very two-sided conversation. And I do mean, I do mean very two-sided conversation and I won't go into any details with that. But even people in our community that I can say that should be looking out for the interest of having to help out anybody who has been in in possibly a similar situation, if they do come from that background, will give up and trade their own people for what it is to be able to ascend into power. And pretty common examples, pretty common examples that I've seen outside of the United States is going to be El PAN, El PRI, El PRD, whatever political group outside in Mexico, they do this a lot of times. And this ties back into the community because a lot of people will literally sell 100% their vote to any of one of these individual parties running for office every six years, every four years to, to the congressional office or senatorial office, whichever one it is, and to the presidency every six years. They will sell their seat, they will sell their vote for this individual trying to buy in into the seat for something as minute, as minuscule as a torta. And when I mean a torta, I literally mean a sandwich. It's hard to see how easily we are persuaded and swayed to be able to to receive something so, so easily attainable to put somebody into power and how willing people are to sacrifice El pueblo, the town, to be able to get into power. Because ultimately at the very end of this, at the run of all of this whole situation, where I've seen it mainly in Mexico, mainly in Mexico, and like I said, I won't get into any details in the United States, that people will literally sell out their entire country to be able to get into power. And as soon as they get into power, they forget what they promised. And I do mean quote-unquote promise. Because there is never any guarantee when it comes to that. Politics. Politics will always be the number one example when it comes to see what it is that people will pay for the price of glory. That their entire glory, their entire success is built upon the sacrificial altar of the town, of the people, of El Pueblo. I'll leave it at that. I think the last part of this will be, I think the last part of this subject will be talking about the public service. El servicio al público. The most common one that I am aware of, that I can talk to hands-on, is 
service to the military. And I want to talk about this one a little bit more thoroughly and extensive because it is the the one thing where I have seen a lot of people sacrifice a lot in both sides to be able to get to where they are and to be able to achieve and to have what they currently have. I can speak from example because I am a person of military service. I am currently in active duty and it's it's difficult to kind of separate yourself from what you're currently doing and why you're doing it when it's so prominent and so surrounds you every single day to be able to see how people are where they are because of what basic sacrifices they gave up to be able to be where they are. And in the military, that is the best example that I can give you. Because from the start, from the very beginning, you are 100% giving up a liberty to be able to be where you are in service. And I'm going to speak about this in the immigrant factor because I've met many people from all over the world. People from Sri Lanka, from China, Japan, Korea, Mexico, of course, El Salvador, parts of Europe as in Germany, Italy, France, in all of these travels. A lot of people from all over the United States too. And out of the people that I've met, out of every single person that that value, and I think they value, that they're providing this service, that they have given up and are sacrificing a lot for this service, are the ones that had nothing or, or were willing to give up what it was to be able to give this service. I, I had to give up my Mexican nationality to be able to be a citizen of the United States and to be able to continue in my service. Now, I won't get into the details of why, but it was a necessity and it was something that I had to do to be able to continue my service at the level that I am right now. The the sacrifice that a lot of people give for the service is a lot of their liberties and a lot of their livelihood and mainly their livelihood. Because the people that are more truly affected by this by giving up their livelihood have been a lot of the people that are from undocumented families who who are able to have a green card or have entered through the DREAM Act. People from underprivileged communities, whether they're black, they're white, they're Asian, they're they're Middle Eastern, they're European, whatever the certs, but they are from lower income communities. They join in for the opportunity to be able to be receiving a paycheck to receive an education, to be able to receive some formal training outside of college that they would not have been able to receive. And it's a sacrifice of time. It's a sacrifice of time. It's a sacrifice of livelihood and a way of living without certain liberties. But also, that price comes with its own reward. And its own reward for the people that are that are truly, truly aware of what it was that their sacrifice is, is that they they have the experience of being given these things in a better situation and in a better condition than a lot of other people do not. Now, like in anywhere and anything, people will always complain. People will always be ungrateful. People will just not outright find whatever they are receiving in return as a worthy exchange. But that's the thing about service to the public, is that you are giving up certain things to be able to give back to the public. You are giving up a certain livelihood, your livelihood, to be able to receive something in return back from the public. Because everything that we are given is funded by the public, by taxes, by revenue, 
by all sorts of these things given back to us. Now, to me and my personal example, this sacrifice is worth it. Because a lot of the things that I have done, a lot of what I am able to achieve, even being here, being able to talk like this, has been given to me by the sacrifice that I have been given, that that I have been giving to the military. Some people seek this sacrifice for a chance at glory. Some people seek this sacrifice as a paycheck, as a way to be able to receive a meal, to receive the education that they never had to be able to receive the education that they knew they would never be able to afford. It's difficult of a sacrifice, and some literally sacrifice it all completely to be able to to give back to the public, to be able to receive that paycheck, to be able to receive those benefits. Now, that's the positive side of things. Out of that, there's also the situation where people will literally give their time, their entire life to the military, and they will never receive anything back. It's difficult to see that because a lot of the people are homeless people that are actually in that situation. There's also the other people where they will be damaged physically, mentally, emotionally, neurologically. And their sacrifice was not worth the glory that they received. This is always difficult to see because I can truly say I have been fortunate in in everything that I have done with, with my career. Currently, what I am giving up is, is worth it. What I have seen people give up for something else is difficult to see, especially if I know that it has not been worth it, what they have given up to be able to receive what they have received. All in the search of whatever success semblance of of a prize that they did receive. So there's really nothing much else I can say because this subject is always going to be a little more difficult to touch on because it will always be driven by personal experience. The the things I said on this episode are mainly speculation because that's the only type of experience that I can speak of in certain things on this subject is a bit of speculation. It's difficult to bring in the perspective of everybody when it comes to what you are willing to give up to be able to feel like you are receiving back what it is that you think you are receiving back. But out of the few examples that I have given that are from personal experience is that I know we are all willing to give up something. We are all willing to give up one thing or another to get to where it is that we want to be. The story of Diagoras is not very well known actually. The reason I chose it was because it's a good example of somebody who has achieved a lot in a mythical sense. As he is known in in the island of Rhodes in Greece, one of the few locations that I have been fortunate enough to, to visit due to my giving up of certain liberties to be able to join the military. From what I've been able to see and read about this this staple of a person success and myth that people still read to this day is that in reality you will never know the true price of sacrifice of work of effort when it comes to what you are seeing as success because There is no other way to be able to gauge it except by personal experience because only you will know and truly understand what it is that you have given up 
to be able to be successful. But when it comes to being successful and knowing that you have been fulfilled, that you feel fulfilled, that you feel well and grandiose in a personal sense towards what you're doing for what you are doing it for, then that right there is what it means to be successful. So I'll leave it with this. Ask yourself in reality, to you, to what you want to do, and to how things are in your life, to how you see everybody around you, and how you stack up against them. Ask yourself this, based on all that, what is the price of glory? What can I consider glory? At what price? What do I have to pay to know what the true price of glory is?